And now, The Low Post. Welcome to The Low Post Podcast on Tuesday morning, March 28th. And holy smokes, is there a lot going on in the NBA. Every day I check the standings, particularly in the Western Conference. The East is set in terms of which 10 teams are going to be in. There's going to be a lot of jockeying for spots 7, 8, 9, maybe 6, maybe 5, maybe 2, 3, 4. We'll see. But the teams are set. The West is just a complete cluster, you know what, that changes every day. And I check the standings every day, and I feel like, okay, I got a handle on it. Then a bunch of stuff happens, and I don't have a handle on it anymore. We got to sort a lot out, starting in Dallas, of course, uh, where the Mavericks, whoo, big, big road win last night against the Indiana Pacers, featuring three players that even casual fans have heard of. Nobody healed, no Miles Turner, no Tyrese Halliburton. Dallas blew him out to right the ship after a, 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 a disaster doesn't even do it justice. Dropping two straight games in the thick of a play-in, playoff, playoffs race to the Charlotte Hornets without LaMelo Ball, And that's, forget that, without Terry Rozier, without Kelly Oubre Jr., just an utter catastrophe that has dropped the Mavs to 37 and 39, excuse me, after their inspiring win last night in Indiana and 11th in the West. Tim McMahon, I need help, man. How are you doing? Howdy, partner. Doing all right. Um, I checked basketballreference.com today, all-time Mavericks coaching records, and was a little bit surprised. Rick Carlisle is still the all-time winningest coach at 555. I thought that might be 556 after last night. I thought Rick might get credit for last night's victory for the Mavericks with that lineup that the uh, the Pacers put out there. What a tanktastic job. I mean, look, they've, they're competing, though. The, you know, the, the Blazers, the tank Blazers are in full effect, so the Pacers got to work hard. And what a great time for the Mavericks to run into a team that is determined to lose because they, as you said, absolutely needed a win any way they could get it. And look, they did what they're supposed to do. They came in and they blew out a team that had no interest in winning. But boy, it did not wash away the stink from that home-and-home debacle against the Hornets over the weekend. And, And Dennis Smith Jr. just... You know, the dagger three in Dallas, the dagger alley-oop, letting them know about it. You gave up on me, baby. Man. Yeah, and they're they're not alone in giving up on Dennis Smith Jr. No, Dennis they're... Smith Jr. almost gave up on Dennis Smith Jr. There was a great story. I think we talked about it before <laughs> yeah. the season about how he was thinking about trying out for the NFL. And his story, I mean, nobody watches the Hornets, and I mean, no. like, nobody. But his story has been one of the best little under-the-radar stories of yeah. the season. He's a real – he's got big limitations – but he's a real NBA backup point guard now. And that dunk to seal the second game, both mm-hmm. games just blended in. Yes. Both games blended in because my my in 10 years when I think about these two games, you know what I'll think of, Tim? I will think of the Mavericks being, as we all knew they would be, as you and I talked about the day after the Kyrie trade, so undersized and mm-hmm. so limited defensively that for segments of both games, P.J. Washington looked like Shaq. Like he just he would just get the ball in the paint and be like, oh, there's nobody. I'm lording over everyone. Yes. Like Gulliver is Gulliver the big one, and the Lilliputians are small. I don't. Re- it's been a I long time since I read Gulliver's Travels. Sneakily, uh, uh, well, you, dark. why don't you go? It's right there. Go Clifford the Big Red Dog. 
Steve Clifford, you know, come on. It all ties together. Clifford the Big Red Dog, A, very cute. B, all the books suck. They all suck. Nothing ever happens in Clifford the Big Red Dog. But P.J. Washington would get the ball in the paint and and just be like, oh, there's nobody here. Let me go full-on Shaq. On this pathetic Mavs defense, but that's let's let's set that aside so, for a minute. But, but you say that the two things I will always remember about this little home and home sweep by the Hornets, uh, at three, the Dennis thing I, I just mentioned, Jay Kidd describing their performance in the first half Friday night as dog, <laughs> which was accurately transcribed by the Mavericks PR department, by the way. <laughs> the, hey, look, when, they got a job to do. That's what the coach well, said. <laughs> Um, and and then the Mavericks responding to that call out by playing even worse to start Sunday, which you know I said on the Hoop Collective this weekend tells me that Jason voices or Jason voices Jason Kidd's voice was not being heard in the locker room. I did have somebody reach out to me and say, "Hey, Jay Kidd has not lost this locker room." I said, "I didn't say he had, but you can't have that kind of call out and then an even lower energy start." And tell me that the voice is getting through. So uh, that that was one thing. And then the the you know the other thing, uh, and I think for most Mass fans, probably the most lasting memory will be Luca's post game press conference after Friday, because there wasn't one after Sunday. Where I mean, you know, Luca like he's a very emotional guy. He he's either high or low. Like he wears them on his sleeve, but never. Have I seen him in a post-game press conference just look that beaten down? And, you know, so I asked, is this as frustrated as you've been? And he said it was. And then, you know, that's when he's talked about there was a lot of things going on, not just in basketball. Um, you know, well, and again, I, and I followed up on that. I said, well, what else is bothering you? Because I did, when he said that, I did, I made the same, you know, my reaction was kind of the same as yours. And he made it clear he was referring to stuff in his private life. So it, that wasn't because when he said that, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, is this uh, behind the scenes? And he made it clear it's stuff in his private life. But still, he is just so frustrated, so just beaten down by the losing. And by the way, he doesn't get a pass on that stuff, too, because he's been a big part of it. His defense right now is... One of the flashbulb memories of last year's playoffs, and to his credit, he bounced back from it, mm-hmm. was Game 2 of the Sun Series when Phoenix just, I mean, I haven't seen a superstar humiliated like that on defense in a long time. And he bounced back and he dialed up his effort, and they won the series in resounding, mm-hmm. humiliating fashion for Phoenix. His defense in the last two weeks has been that bad. Just just absolutely zero effort on closeouts, getting blown by by everybody, no effort in transition. The whole team's defense in transition is completely disjointed. Guys are running around pointing and pointing over here. You go there, you go, and now all of a sudden somebody on the other or team just doing walks this. in for a dunk. Yeah, the shrug, the shrug. Yeah. Or, um, uh, but, you know, the, the so many Luka – Transition defense position. I did have a scout tell me he's the worst transition defender in the history of basketball. That seems that seems a little much, scout. I, I, it when seems he, when a little much. When he when he said that, I thought he had like uh, analytic evidence. I'm like, to, you know, statistically, and he goes, "No, just watch him." I'm like, okay. So that's I mean, some old hot. school. That's some old school scout talk. I like that. That's some old. <laughs> yeah. That's like the scouts that are around the table in Moneyball, just throwing but, just throwing hyperbole at the wall. 
But the, the, the fact that I thought that there was actual analytic evidence that backed it up tells you. <laughs> because, dude, even last night in Indiana, when, when, when they're rolling, there's a possession where he drives and, you know, puts up a shot. Hey, could there have been a whistle? Sure. There can be a whistle pretty much any time he, he goes to the basket because he's creating contact. He didn't get a whistle. So his reaction was to throw his hands up in the air and walk toward the baseline. It's like, Luca, you're walking that way. Nine other guys are going this way. Oh, look, boom, boom, boom. Wow, what a coincidence. The Pacers get a layup on the other end. It obviously didn't cost them in Indiana, but dude, if there's going to be two, three, four, eight, ten, twelve sometimes of those type of possessions per game, like you can't just, you cannot just gift the other team five on four opportunities multiple times per game because you're upset with the officiating. Um, I, what I guess you can do, and sometimes you're just pouting. What I guess you can do is get your 16th technical foul and then have it rescinded so that you can play in the next game. Even though I never did, was there a, was there a reason why it was rescinded other than, you know, they just. Oh felt wait, bad? wait, wait! That that that's a thirty-five thousand dollars sign, but that's not a 16th technical foul. That little money sign there, but yeah, this is why it wasn't rescinded. This right here, money, baby. Because it doesn't benefit the NBA to have Luka Doncic suspended when the Mavericks are fighting. Well, I'm not going to get into too deep of conspiracy theories, but I think Luka, Luka versus LeBron would be a pretty highly rated play in game. I don't know. What do you think? It would be it would be pretty good. All right. Well, let's then then let's look at the standings and sort of do the big picture before we go back to Dallas. Um, a lot of things are happening in the West. Um, I took special note and watched the game last night of Phoenix, Utah, and Utah losing to the Suns. By the way, Devin Booker, we might talk about all NBA later. I mean, he is making a late push for one of these last guard spots, despite I think last night was his 48th game played. If he plays all the rest of the games, he's going to get to 55. And there are a bunch of, I mean, high wattage sells it short. There are a bunch of guards with all NBA pedigrees and greater than that who are going to finish in the 55 games played range. And I'm talking Curry, Harden, Booker, and others that I'm probably forgetting. Um, Damian Lillard. Dame is going to finish at 58 games. But okay, Uh, I'm glad we arrived here. Every time I read coverage of the Blazers and what do they do now other than shut down for the second straight season all their relevant players in an effort to increase their lottery odds – I just hear like it's it's whether it's Chauncey or the players or the brass when they talk, just like oh we've had so many injuries we no, haven't had they, our team. This guy was injured to tank, and that guy was injured, and Jeremy Grant was out for a bit, and Simons tweaked his ankle and missed fifteen games, and Nurk this and that. You know who has injuries? Literally Everybody. every team in the NBA. <laughs> I'm sorry that you had some injuries too. The reality is you are. 13th in the Western Conference, your team just isn't good enough. And I, I mean, look, Damian Lillard has dug deeper than you can possibly dig to the center of the earth yes. into the into the I don't define my career by winning mm-hmm. a title, which I think is completely fine in an admirable mindset. 
implied by that is, and he said it publicly, it would mean much more to me to win a title here in Portland than to go somewhere else and do it. He's also made comments about how he's not really down for a rebuild. That's not what he wants. I, look, it, it's it. I, I don't know what's going to happen in Portland. I know that a lot of teams in the league read those comments and their ears perk up and they want to see what happens in Portland this yeah. summer. But I just don't want to hear as we do the Blazers postmortem about, well, if it if not for the injuries, then this. Because no, it's just not a valid thing. Well, the other thing is we went into this season saying, hey, Portland's basically an NBA purgatory. Like, they're not good enough to be remotely close to a contender. They're not bad enough to... Uh, you know, to end up with high lottery odds, we we ended up maybe being wrong on that end. They're gonna like they they could. They have the same and, record as the Magic right now in the race for say, whatever sad sack yeah, spot like that fifth, is. Yeah, like they could end up with the fifth spot. Um, you know, they're just unless they get really lucky in the lottery, I don't see any kind of path for them to contend during Damian Lillard's career. And like, look, if if it's in the most if the most important thing to him is to be a one franchise. Icon, completely respectable. Like, I'm not going to, nobody should criticize him for No one should that. define what uh, what other people's happiness is based on. People get exactly. to choose their satisfaction. Yeah, if he wants to play his whole career in Portland, I completely respect that. Uh, if he wants to push for a trade and go uh, chase a championship somewhere, I, I respect that too. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend like the Portland Trailblazers are or the Portland Tank Blazers, as we speak, are going to have a chance to contend for a championship with Damian Lillard, uh, you know, entering his mid-30s. Well, you mentioned the lottery and why the lottery really matters for Portland is, hey, obviously, if they get really lucky, then it changes your whole life as a franchise. If they just get kind of lucky, which mm -hmm. means maybe they go to four, maybe they stay at five, maybe they end at six, whatever, it's still a valuable thing to have. And I have said over and over again, if your stated goal, which it is, as the Portland Trail Blazers, is maximizing the remaining prime of 32, 33-year-old, whatever he is, Damian Lillard, coming mm -hmm. off maybe the best season of his entire career, you are failing at it. You know how I know you're failing at it? You have the same record as the Orlando Magic. And it's not just because of injuries. And... Also, veteran, because your best your best path is to tank with weeks left in the season. And, like, blatantly tank. And the veteran talent around Damian Lillard, if they re-sign Jeremy Grant and keep Yusuf Nurkic, who's stepped back this year, has been a massive story for them, is not good enough. Yeah. Your younger talent around Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons and Shade and Sharp, mm -hmm. um, uh, headliners, is intriguing, may not, likely will not be ready on the timeline of Damian right. Lillard. And I've said over and over again, if you are serious about executing that stated goal, you have to investigate what you can get on the trade market for all or some of your best rebuilding timetable assets, including Simons and including Sharp, and they're going to be reluctant to do that. And you know yeah. what? I get it. The, this draft pick, though, gives them a third one, and it raises the potential of keeping one or two of those kinds of assets and still swinging something big to help them. But I don't want to talk about the Blazers anymore. Can we stop talking about the Blazers? After I say the uncomfortable reality is probably the best thing for the franchise would be to move on from Damian Lillard. Um, but 
easier said than done when you're talking about that kind of icon for, for the franchise. See, the I best, think that maybe the best player in franchise history. I don't necessarily agree with you because I, I get what you're saying. And in the cold, calculated reality of impartial yeah. analysis, right. that's true. In the real world, what that is is pain. And it could yeah. be pain for a really long time in a market that has no free agency appeal and would be relying, again, on lottery luck that has been kind to them in the past. It hasn't always worked out in terms of the players. They've gotten staying healthy and all that. Mm -hmm. But I, I just think that's... And this is a beloved franchise player. Anyway, enough. Here's here's the West. The Utah game. Utah's 35-40. <laughs> and 40. They're not quite out of it because they're only a game behind the Mavs in the loss column, two in the win column, two games <laughs> behind a whole morass of teams in the loss column. But I think Utah seems to have reached a point where they're okay if they continue falling a little they, bit backwards, the jazz have gracefully bowed out of playoff comp or play in competition. Not, I mean, by the standings, not quite yet, but I, I think, uh, I, I think they're at, okay with their, it. Look at what they're putting out there for a second unit. They have gracefully bowed out. Hey, I'm, I'm glad Chris Dunn is back in the NBA and playing pretty well. Cause I like Chris Dunn. Um, but, but why that matters is not just, it eliminates another team and we're down to 11 for 10. They play the Lakers twice mm -hmm. in the last seven games of the season, including in the very last game of the season. If those end up being like walkovers for the Lakers, like, oh, Lowry Markinen's ankle hurts and this and that, that's a big deal to a Lakers team that just got LeBron James back from injury. We'll talk about him. Some other things that are happening. Uh, 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 um, the, the whole conference is now from 6 to 10. And 11, if you want to include the Mavs, is so tight that it's ridiculous. Six is Minnesota at 39 and 37. Starting to play well. And I was going to say, four and straight I, wins. I said last week with Van Gundy, now that Cat's back, and I understand Cat's going to have some, you know, they're going to have to figure out the fit. But so far, it's been the two games he's played has been smooth. He's fit in he, offensively, defensively. You know, they've still got to figure out where and when and how to use him best with Gobert, what position, what scheme, and all that. But he just raises their ceiling to a, to the point it needs to be for them to be a threat. And I said to Van Gundy on the pod last week, I think both the Wolves and the Thunder, if they get in, have the ability to win a playoff series. And I think and, and that the Wolves specifically are a major, major threat, almost no matter who they draw in the first round. Um, and they're playing well. The Pelicans, who have the, an absolutely hellacious schedule the rest of the way, Mm -hmm. um, have surged back into the race. They're in a four-game winning streak. Their schedule the rest of the way is Denver, Clippers, Kings, Grizzlies, Knicks, Wolves. And then tonight, the game I left out, a massively important game against the Warriors, who are 39 and 37, mm -hmm. which could determine the tiebreak uh, between the Warriors and the Pelicans. The Pelicans have the season series right now 2-1. The Warriors winning tonight would tie it and put conference record in play, and they're about tied in that as well. That's a huge game. The Clippers, 2-1 and one without Paul George. They're only a game up. Their grip on the fifth seed is not so secure. They have a pretty hard schedule going forward. Um, and they, Ty Lue announced last night, got totally no attention because it's the Clippers and mm -hmm. Paul George is hurt. Marcus Morris is out as a starter. Nick Batum is in. He wouldn't even commit to using Marcus Morris as a backup. Um, 
I think this is a good and overdue move for the Clippers. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Marcus Morris is not the player he used to be, and Batum is just kind of a connector, right? Especially if you're going to be playing, uh, you know, Russ a lot. And obviously then if, if you know, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot, uh, you know, Batum is a floor spacer, a ball mover, you know, just kind of a, you know, switchy, solid defender. Uh, so I, I think it's a move that, uh, as you said, probably should have happened a little bit ago and makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that 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 Warriors game tonight is huge. And I and Batum, Batum's just been flat out better than Marcus Morris. He's a better defensive player. That's I, I had a 10 things item a few weeks ago about just Marcus Morris's slippage on defense, his inability mm-hmm. to switch and keep anybody in front of him. He does not get any rebounds. And Batum's just better. He's a better shooter. He's a better player. He's a better defender. He's a better passer by a million miles. And the the more you play Russ, who's been solid for the Clippers. So far, my stay 10,000 miles away from Russ take has been wrong. He's been pretty good for them. I I, I don't trust it. I still would stay maybe 500 well, miles away. But but if you're going to play him a lot, you need more shooters and ball movers around him. And that's Batum. And now without Paul George, though, like Russ, they need Russ. Like they need his ability to create. They need his uh, ability to put pressure on a defense and, you know, to to get downhill and create chaos. Um, I think when, you know, the concerns with Russ were more like, dude, if if the ball is going to be in Kawhi and Paul George's hands all the time, like what's Russ going to do? Well, unfortunately for the Clippers, that's not a problem right now because Paul George isn't playing and, you know, we don't know when or if he's going to be able to play uh, during the playoffs. So, um, I, th- I think if they didn't have Russ right now, we'd look at them and be like, man, how, how are these guys going to score? Here's the Clippers remaining schedule at Memphis at Memphis again at new Orleans in a potentially huge game mm-hmm. home quote unquote against the Lakers in a, in, is it going to be the biggest LA LA game at, ever? Is that possible? I mean, this whole for, LA streetlight spotlights thing has yeah. been a complete bust since they get they. If, I mean, there's been there's been like they opened the season together one year and played each other. And that was a big spotlight game. But is this actually is this actually the most consequential Lakers Clippers game of all time? I'm, I'm sure Perhaps, I'm forgetting something. For, for a while, I thought we might get streetlights versus spotlights in the second West playing game. So it's like. You know, winners in the playoffs, loser goes home. I, I was that, ready for that. that. that I, if, if it's in the play-in <laughs> game, it's like broken headlight versus <laughs> blinking streetlight or something. Yeah, so so I, I, I don't think that's possible. So this is about as good as we're going to get. And then, I guess uh, it's Portland and, I don't think it's probable. And then <laughs> the Clippers wrap with Portland and at Phoenix, and we'll see. You know, it's always these little quirks like, does Phoenix need that game? Do they end up sitting everybody? That ends up being important well, right then, now the right clippers, now they would but we'll see the clippers have been known too, depending on where they are like let's be honest some of the most blatant uh late season tank of paloozas have been clippers trying to determine pl- uh, playoff seating you remember the great daniel oturo versus point poku clippers thunder game in the regular season finale when the uh the clippers were I think trying to dictate matchups so they didn't have to see the Lakers in the early rounds, but also were more than fine to see the Mavericks in the first round. And uh, the, 
the Thunder were just trying to tank, but point, you can't tank and put Poku at point guard, baby. He's too good. He's too good. So if I were the Clippers and I were ever contemplating shenanigans such as that, and believe me, the Clippers for weeks now have been looking <laughs> at the standings and staring at that 4-5 matchup against Phoenix and potentially fully functional Durant, Paul, mm-hmm. Booker, Aiton, Quartet, who's the fifth member of the quintet, is just a Monty Williams spinning a wheel. It's Wainwright. Come on in. Terrence Ross, can you make some shots? But still, give me a Josh O shout out. Come on, baby. Josh Okogi, one of the best offensive rebounding guards in the history of the NBA this season, Josh Okogi. They've been staring at that matchup and thinking, boy, that seems. Mm-hmm. Seems like something that's not ideal. Not our mm, first choice. Would we if, rather see the Kings fresh off a 16-year playoff drought? I thought this podcast would be a celebration of the Kings ending their playoff drought. Ah. And the Minnesota Timberwolves without Carl Towns last night said, no, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, <laughs> go no. Bear, go Bear game that little finger away. Um, <laughs> and and a, uh, and a fadeaway mid-ranger. He did not. I didn't see that game. Gobert oh, made a fadeaway. A, a little little spin into a uh, about a I don't know eight ten foot fadeaway. Got That's a bounce. A I, I don't know who it was on the bench, but somebody got up and I think it was like his back wrap. It might have been Terrence Davis. Got up and like just threw his you know threw his wrap just in disgust that the thing went down. <laughs> okay, so if I'm the Clippers and I'm contemplating such shenanigans, I would take a step back and think. How have the basketball gods treated us in the entire history of our franchise? And do we want to tempt them again by manipulating the standings in a nefarious way? Because the basketball gods have not treated the Clippers very well. I would be trying to appease them uh, at at all costs. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. Shame on you, by the way. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts, gifts for grandma. You can find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung Smart TV. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. That's very soon. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for your mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Let's talk about <laughs> Dallas now, now that we've sort of done the playoff thing, and then we'll get to LeBron mm. and all of that. Um, here's Dallas. 37 and 39, 11th. 
got about a 40, 45, 50% chance, depending on what systems you look at, of making the play-in. Hooray. Um, they Their remaining schedule is is not great. The best thing they have going for them is they finish with the Spurs, which is like an automatic win. I yes. say that knowing they just lost two games in a row to the Hornets. But the last game of the season is a different animal. Also, also they beat the Spurs by one this year when I think Luka had 51. At Philly, but, at Philly, uh-huh. and you get the health issues potentially that we're going to talk about later. At Miami, they need every game, including a yeah. big Miami-Toronto game tonight for positioning. At Atlanta, they need every game. Yeah, home against the Kings. Home against the Kings, who, you know, they're kind of locked into three now, but still, they're trying to win for now. Home against the Bulls, they need every game for playoff positioning, try to get out of the 10th seed at least, and then the Spurs. Um, they are sixth in offense for the season, a very ugly 23rd in defense that hasn't gotten any better. Interestingly, they are um, plus four per 100 possessions with Kyrie and Luka on the floor, plus a lot with Kyrie by himself, which means they're getting destroyed in the Luka only minutes since the trade. Um, The trade. And there've been a, there've been a lot of uh, no Luka, no Kyrie minutes as well. But when those two guys play together, they're only four and eight. They're plus four, but they're only as a as a duo with them both on the floor together. But they're four and eight in those games. Four and eight, some crunch time losses, including mm-hmm. the hot potato game against Minnesota. Um, the numbers suggest the record should be better than that, but it is not. Right. And of course, the Kyrie trade was a lot about Kyrie, but also a lot about what they gave up for Kyrie. And we talked ad nauseum about this. Their mm-hmm. best wing defender, their. Th- fourth best player on last year's conference final team and Spencer Dinwiddie and maybe number three in Dorian Finney-Smith. Obviously they had already lost their second best player off that team for nothing after completely blowing the Jalen Brunson situation. I don't want to go back. And, and and that 2029 unprotected pick, like it's only one pick you could say for a a superstar. We understand why they were able to get a a quote unquote discount uh, deal there, but the fact that they gave up that pick and with what's going on with this, you know, top 10 protected pick with the Knicks, they are extremely restricted as far as what they can offer in trades moving forward. Well, I, there was a lot of analysis yesterday about that top 10 protected pick mm-hmm. with the Knicks before they gave themselves a little boost with this Pacers win. Well, now they, they have tank? the 11th best uh, lottery odds instead of the 10th best. Should should they tank? Should they do this? Stop. And I don't, I don't think there is a... I, it's very hard to simultaneously argue they should tank and they should also be very concerned about Luka Doncic's happiness in Dallas because those two things, I think, are antithetical. They are going to try to make the play-in and make the playoffs because that's what Luka Doncic wants to do. He's interested in winning. Um, I don't want to go rehash all the draft misses yeah. other than the home-run Luka trade, which Atlanta gift wrapped for them. And Jaden Hardy, who we're going to talk about. Well, and Jalen Brunson was a was a home and Brunson run in the they, and, and they and Finney Smith, uh, undrafted free agency home run. Like they've done some nice things on the fringes. Yeah. They've also missed a lot. All the mm-hmm. free agency stuff that came up empty. All the little trades that just didn't quite work out the way that they thought they would. Even going back to like Seth Curry for Josh Richardson and on and mm-hmm. on and on. It's just the the trickle of asset drain just drip 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 drip. You almost don't notice it as it's happening. And then you get to a stage like this. And I said to Van Gundy last week, this was before, it was recorded before the Charlotte back-to-back. I said, I don't know if people have realized, like, outside of Dallas, that 
we're I think I said we're in DEFCON 2 right now because the scenario they're yeah. staring at is if they miss the play-in or lose Ooh. in the play-in and miss the playoffs, they have Kyrie Irving, who they just traded all that stuff for, who can walk in free agency. I don't need to tell you that Kyrie Irving is just by definition a flight risk in free agency. Mm-hmm. Then they'd have cap space if, in that hap, if, in that event. But who are they getting? But, the list of, and also not max cap space. Just but but a lot. And but right. the free agency class is not great. And then Luca would be looking around and being like, "What in the world just happened to my team?" And yeah. I, I don't think I made this comparison last week, but it would be very like LeBron in 2010, except he has three years left on his contract, just in terms of a, a singular superstar talent with a just woefully underqualified supporting cast around him because of that drip, 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 drip. And that's that's just what we're staring at. And the whole team, other than Hardy, is just a mess right now. Everybody looks uncertain. There's a your turn, my turn element to the Kyrie Luca partnership with Kyrie spending a lot of time standing in the corner mm-hmm. and just a lot of even when they run the actions they should run. Like last night against Indiana, they ran a couple actions where Luca or Kyrie, one or the other, would come up from the corner, take a screen from the other one, come and do a handoff from Powell. Like that's the kind of movement they should have. Interactive screeners, the two of them together, and then fly in to a handoff they would get the handoff and just sort of stop and and dribble and like all the advantage would shrink. They ran they ran I think Powell had the ball, maybe JaVale McGee, the best minutes of the year for JaVale McGee had the ball up top and Bullock and Hardaway now starting again ran a split action where they came together off the ball and screened for each other and burst out like the Warriors do with Kyrie and Luka standing in the corners and I'm like it's a great idea. Can we have one of the other guys involved in it? They ran a Spain pick and roll with Luca, which is one of their go-to plays, David right. Carlisle. And the back screener was Reggie Bullock and not Kyrie, who was in the corner. I'm like, can we get that? Like, can we get Kyrie mm-hmm. involved? And everyone else just looks hesitant. And well, Josh Green looks like a rising star when Luca and Kyrie are out. And when they're on the floor, he looks like a wallflower. And Kleba just he's he, he's battled this this yeah. it was it's a hamstring tear right and and, yeah, and he's and come he back from it whatever fast. two and a half three months whatever he came back really fast but like he hasn't been really himself on a consistent basis uh you know they, they their starting center they tried to replace Dwight Powell this summer um you know Dwight Powell is a really good backup center who has to start from the Dallas Mavericks that's just what it is JaVale McGee looked great against uh the you know Fort Wayne Fire Ants, whatever the hell that team was they played last night. But other than that, I don't think that's it. Are they the Fire Ants now? And not I, the Mad Ants? I don't whatever know. Whatever what the are. hell. What? I mean, some kind of ants. Um, ants but, are very yeah. strong. Can't they carry like the more body, more the t- multiples of their body weight than any I'm, other I'm species gonna take, in the I'm world? Gonna take, I'm going to take any seven footer in the world against an ant. And I think we saw evidence <laughs> of that last night with Javel McGee's performance. Um, before that, JaVale McGee had played literally three minutes and 31 seconds since the All-Star break. Now, after that breakout JaVale McGee performance, they do have Joel Embiid 
on Wednesday night, assuming the density of games is uh, acceptable for the 76ers. Well, that's why you signed. That's why you signed Javale McGee for game but for games dude, like this, Tim McMahon. He's been DMP CD against Joker, against MB. Like ugh, I, the, the the man got a three year deal and a promise of a starting job. The three year deal is going to last. The promise of the starting job lasted two weeks. Um, it just isn't working right now. It's, there's no juice. Everybody looks uncertain. Um, here's I, I I when they made this trade, the very first thing I thought was, boy, that Kyrie Luca pick and roll, that's gonna be LeBron Kyrie pick and roll 2.0. And I understand that Luca does not have a lot of reps as a screener in the NBA. That's not his. That's not his thing. And although and they, as he noted, he does have a good frame for screening. Did you say that? He did. He's, 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 somebody asked him about his screen. He said, well, I've got a wide body. Yeah, that, you know, he does. And it helps him in the post, which is one of the reasons this play should work and has worked, actually. And Kyrie, he, obviously, like none of these guys are, are screen. There, there's no Draymond Green, right? But here are yeah. the numbers so far. They've played, what, four and eight, 12 games together? 12 games. They have run combined. This is according to Second Spectrum. 37 pick and rolls together. Either way, either way, with right. both both mm-hmm. combinations. So that's three a game. That's just like so far short of adequate that I don't even know yeah. where to start. And it, what makes it worse, the Luca ball handler Kyrie screener is twenty four of the thirty seven. Yeah, the Mavs on those twenty four plays have scored. This is not a typo. One point six two five points per possession. Directly out of those plays, that's like the Globetrotters can't so, score one point six two five. Pretty good. The reverse, Kyrie handling Luca screening, thirteen reps total, one a game, and cl- and a lot of those have been clearly like the opening two possessions of the third quarter of one of the Hornets games was that yeah. play, which means clearly the coaches were like, if you guys don't want to do it, we're f- scripting it, do it. Yeah, that's one point five points per possession. 1.25 if they shoot directly out of it. They need to be running it more. Last night yeah. they ran they ran it a couple times in a row in the second half against Indiana and they got Luca a post up against low guard. Guess what happened? Double team, swing swing three. Next one, same thing, Luca back down jumper over. It just it's just should be their bread and butter and it hasn't been. And it's nobody's fault. This is what happens in a, when you overhaul your entire roster. With 20 games left, it's like you just don't get instant chemistry, which is Ky- which is why Kyrie lectured you all the other day saying, oh, you and your pretty words, concern and poise. What were the other pretty words? Those uh, aren't no, even it pretty was words. Concern, it was concern and hope. Concern and hope were the, were the pretty words. And I do enjoy Kyrie when he gets into these things. He has this like uh, media voice that he does. You know, where he, he impersonates like you know, a, a, a talking head or a reporter asking questions. It's a very I can't really do an impersonation of Kyrie's impersonation, but it's a it's a good one. Nice ironing board back there. Look, looking good. Yeah, I got the dry cleaning pile on there. It's just it's just permanently out. The, the iron but, board. I, but I, I had ambitions of like, I want my office to look nice. I'm going to put it away in the closet after using it. That lasted a day. Just now. I think I put it back once. No, like the Mavericks plans for a bunch of pick and roll with Kyrie and Luca lasted about a day. Um, no, like part of this part of this trade, which you know, obviously Luca was uh, 
pounding the table, wanting them to get a co-star to go with him, right? And so part of this was about, okay, how do you play with a co-star? How do you play with another established all-NBA type of player? How do you play when everything doesn't just revolve around you? Well, you know, Jalen Brunson, obviously, we're seeing how good Jalen Brunson is. And he gets, he does get better year after year after year. But Jalen Brunson last year is awfully damn good. But he was still Maverick's second-round pick, Jalen Brunson. He ain't, you know, dude who's hit a Game 7 final winner, Kyrie Irving, you know, a, a, a guy with Kyrie's pedigree. So we still haven't really seen Luka adapt to um, – I'm not even um, – to, to complimenting another star, not, not being a complimentary player. He obviously will never be that, but to coexisting where it's not just all, Hey, Luca, we're going to put the ball in your hands. We're going to space the floor. Everything's going to revolve around you. And look, even if Kyrie is just standing around on some possessions, it's still Kyrie Irving standing around. It's still right. different to the defense than Reggie Bullock, all due respect, standing yeah. around or Josh Green standing around. The threat is ever present, always lurking, one catch, one dribble, and you're toast. But it's not maximizing um, the two of them together, and it's certainly not going to help their defense that they're just so small. Well, yeah, uh, I was going to say, we, we we talk all about maximizing those two together offensively. They're scoring 118 points yeah, they're for fine. possessions with those two on the floor. They can't stop anybody, they're and they fine. can't rebound. They're fine, except I do think there are – there's a chemistry price to be paid for just the, the Luca yeah. show. And there's a fatigue yeah. price that Luca pays for mm -hmm. the Luca show. Um, and, uh, and fine and really good offensively is not good enough. Th this team has to be historically elite offensively. It has to be because they're not going, like they just don't have the personnel. They, they will be overachieving to be mediocre defensively. That's just the fact. And when they made this trade, Jay Kidd, kind of tongue-in-cheek, basically said, ah, you know, we'll we'll score 130, 140 and see if teams can keep up. Well, brother, you better score 130 or 140 because teams can keep up with 120. <laughs> Against that defense, teams will keep up with 120. Four and eight together. There's been some debate about whether this is like another referendum on Kyrie Irving as a as a player, as an ingredient. He's been good for the Mavs. Like this is this is less about him. Yeah. Much less and more about what they had to give away to get him and what giveaways preceded that giveaway. To well, get I was going to say not only what they had to give away but just how flawed the roster was even before they gave up by far their best uh, but, wing defender. But they they've turned they've turned going back to the Brunson debacle. They've turned the second, third and fourth best players from the West Finals team into Kyrie as a pending free agent. And I and Ooh, I will I just, say I just this. gotta shudder down my spine. Yeah. And and I have said it is completely unfair to watch Luca talk about how frustrated he is and say, oh, Kyrie's blowing up another franchise. Listen, Kyrie, the track record is what it is. He has been a professional in Dallas. You know, he's been a good teammate. There's been, I have heard not one mutter about Kyrie as far as you know, any kind of uh, BS, right? He's played well. He stunk against Charlotte, both games. He stunk. Both games. Couldn't make shots. He, 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 that's just a fact. Um, and if he's not if he's not lighting it up, like he's never been a guy who helps you win in a lot of other well, ways. Well, there you go. 
because part of the track record of Kyrie Irving, we all know the noisy, yeah, absent parts of it. Part of the track record of Kyrie is, and I've said this before, whatever his numbers are, and his numbers are outrageous, and his mm-hmm. talent is outrageous, he has long struck me just personally, it's hard to prove this or whatever, that there is not a direct translation between those numbers and his impact on winning games. It is The impact on winning games is X percent less than 100 of what his numbers would suggest. Some people impact games at 125%. Of mm-hmm. what their numbers suggest. Some people it's even. To me, he's always been and and I want to be careful. I don't want people to say that I'm I'm calling him a losing player or an empty calories player. Absolutely not. The guy is a champion. He's a right. star. He is a massively helpful player. I have just always thought because of his defensive limitations, his I would say on again, off again playmaking for others. He's a very good passer, mm-hmm. but he just doesn't he doesn't leverage that skill very much. And just the difficulty of the shots he takes. We do this thing with with Kyrie where he makes two crazy layups and the announcers are doing cartwheels about what a wizard he is. And he is. Then he misses the next four and there's just no commentary about it because the the expectation is you should miss shots like that. I, I just don't think he is impacting winning at the degree his numbers would suggest and amplifying other talent around him at the degree his numbers would suggest. And the only evidence I could put forth for that is dating now to the 2017-18 Boston Celtics, his teams have about the almost identical same record when he plays versus when he doesn't play. And a lot of that is all of those teams have incredible players on them, superstar players who are frankly better than he is or at least as good as he is. And so they can withstand the absence of a player like Kyrie. But you would expect and hope that the presence of a player like Kyrie would lift that winning percentage somewhat, and it just hasn't for six years now. Well, and what's crazy is with the Mavericks, actually they have been, we're talking minuscule sample size, they have been successful when it's Kyrie and no Luka. Like, you know, when they, when they made the trade for Kyrie, Luke was coming back off that heel contusion. They're on a road trip. Uh, they start off. They beat the Clippers in L.A. They beat the Kings in Sacramento. Then Luka comes back. They lose to Sacramento. They lose to Minnesota. Um, but, you know, they, they've, they've won when it's Kyrie without Luka. They haven't won uh, much with them together, and they haven't won when it's just been Luka and no Kyrie. But – you know, again, this was a like this was a team that wasn't it was mediocre. They made a desperate move to get Kyrie, but it, like that, anybody who thought that giving up two starters from a mediocre team to get Kyrie was going to boost the Mavericks from mediocre to contender, like that, that was just wishful. Well, you thinking. you and I right off the bat said. We do not buy the notion that this team is a contender. No on contendership. Um, yeah. And and Perk and I argued about that a little bit. And and I said, frankly, with you, like I would have just been long out of the business of having him on my team. I just wouldn't wouldn't trade him, wouldn't trade for him, rather, wouldn't yeah. acquire him, and would not. And now they're going to have to make a decision about 
paying him. Look, the season's not over. Like nobody wants to face Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving in a play-in game or a right. playoff series. But the DEFCON one scenario is much closer to becoming a thing than it was 96 hours ago after that Charlotte debacle. Because I said LeBron in 2010, like man, if this goes bad, he's Luka's got three years left on his contract. Oh. It's a long time. Oh. But Hold your butts. The, the downside is is and, and it's unpleasant and it's a, to think it's, about. It's not a long time. It is not a long time. Look at the history, the recent history in the NBA. Three years on your contract for a guy who's miserable is terrifying. Are you kidding me? If it like, were I don't if it weren't for Jaden Hardy, who I, I kind of think maybe they should just start Jaden Hardy. Like that's how good he's been. He's shooting forty two percent on threes. They're running plays for him. He's you want to start. You want to start a six four rookie with with Kyrie and uh, and Luca. I, I, is it is it crazier <laughs> than starting Tim Hardaway Junior? Yeah. I mean, he's six four with a six nine wingspan. He's shooting forty two percent from three. You know he's just playing really well off of those guys. I, I, no, he's he's he's. A they're not going getter. to. They're, they're not going to start him. It's not going to be no, a thing but, that happens. But there is there's reasonable hope that he can be a uh, Jordan Clarkson, Jordan Poole kind of. And I know Clarkson starting and Poole start a lot. I'm talking like that kind of like twenty point per game six man in the I'm talking next season type of future. Basically, the guys scoring at that level over the last few weeks. So yeah, that if you're looking for a silver lining, let's talk about their second round pick. Who, if he didn't have a terrible year with the G League Ignite, probably would have been a top five pick. Jaden Hart is the 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 best thing that's come out of this Maverick season. Now, when you have Luka Doncic at age 23, just turned 24, uh, you 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 don't want to say that your second round rookie is the best thing coming out of your season, and you traded for for Kyrie Irving. Um, like I said, no, they have time. They have time. Yeah. To get back into this, yeah, um, they do. They're in it now, and they have time to get further into it and and kind of restart. But and and I'll I'll say this though, Zach. As much as we were like, hey, this doesn't make them contenders. I'll speak for myself. I damn sure didn't think we were going to be in late March talking about boy, the Mavericks have some work to do just to make the play in. Like I at least thought, okay, worst case scenario, there'll be like a you know, a seven or eight and be at the top of the play in, like just scrambling to be a 10 seed. I did this thing. And there's been health issues, whatever, but both, still, both the stars on. and Kleba Kyrie's been out here and there. Luca's, you know, been nursing some stuff and Kleba just isn't Kleba. And, and, you know, he was a massively important part of their playoff run last year. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Those Charlotte losses were so, shocking to watch in part because there really wasn't any stretch of either game we were like oh here come the Mavericks being clearly better than this gutted Charlotte team they were like the Mavericks were full blast like trying to stay in the game with the Hornets they led they led for 91 seconds of 96 minutes Ooh. over over about a 36 hour span they led for 91 seconds out of 96 minutes. They got the, the the one stretch where they played their best was right after they got their asses booed at home when they were down 18 in the third quarter to the Hornets, who were missing three of their best players and on a back-to-back. -back. Like it's honestly one of the most inexcusable performances 
from a team that's supposed to be good that I've ever seen. And then the, JK calls him dog talking about how bad their energy was. And they come out and they, they get down whatever it was in the first quarter, 18 or 20 in the first quarter, 36 hours later, it was unfreaking real. Now, funny little thing. I'll get my full Nick DePaul on. So uh, Luca, you know, he's got those Luca ones. And they, he's got these Luca ones that are like a tribute to J Kid. They're based off the Zoom, whatever, 95, whatever. The, the Paula tweeted it. They're, they're based off the Zoom freak or whatever, whatever uh, J Kid wore in 1995. Luca wore those in the first quarter Sunday in Charlotte, went over from the floor. Well, he changed his shoes after the second quarter, and <laughs> Luca at least got going offensively after that. I'm not saying there's symbolism there, I'm just telling you about some shoes. Ant Ant had a shoe change the other day in the Wolves game too. Um, that that worked out. Wolves, man, I'm telling you, keep an eye on the Wolves. Unsung hero of the year for them, Torian Prince and Nas Reed, and they're starting to play Nas Reed with both Cat and Gobert more. And that's and interesting. That's been a disaster for the full season in limited minutes. But mm-hmm. in the two games, Cat has come back. Those lineups have actually worked pretty well. Just keep, all I'm saying is keep an eye on Minnesota. Let's bounce around a couple Let, of no, no, oh, Real quick, because I can only uh, – the, the Hoop Collective, those guys aren't smart enough to, for me to go full nerd. But Nas Reed, one of the most fascinating free agents this summer. Absolutely. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus – their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's there up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, watch out for them. You name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Let's bounce around a couple of headlines. Do, do you care... Um, that Joel Embiid missed the MVP yes. showdown part two in yes. Denver last night. You do? Yes. Are you yes. going to go full on perk? He's ducking the smoke. Or are you going to go there? Uh, I, I, I think I'm. I, I don't think I'm capable of saying ducking the smoke and sounding like it's authentic. Um, but eh, come on, man! Like, dude, you're the one who's been campaigning for MVP. This, that, and the other. Density of games. Come on, man. Like we, everyone's all excited to see this. And listen, we have to care. The E and ESPN stands for entertainment. We held this podcast for that game. Embiid versus Joker. That, that's the one of the most entertaining matchups we could get. Like, come on, with the MVP and all the all the storyline. Absolutely, I care. Um, will I hold? First of all, I don't have an MVP vote, so I technically I can't hold it against Embiid in my voting. But if I did, would I hold it against Embiid? No, but you know what? It was he he forfeited a chance to make kind of a closing statement in that game. Did he forfeit a chance? If Joel Embiid says, you know what, I am playing, I 
what is Daryl Moore going to like jump on his back and hold him back? Like, come on, man. If Joel Embiid said, you know what? Y'all stick all this density of schedule stuff up your butts. I'm playing this game. And he was playing that game. So, I don't yes, know, man. he forfeited it. First of all, their schedule has been, quote, unquote, dense. I like this. We just use these new words now, density of schedule. Um, <laughs> part it of has been dense. Like seeing these terms, like, what are we talking about? He did Shut sit up. out the second half of that Bulls game, which was confusing for a while because they didn't explain why. And everyone then assumed, well, this is a blowout. And mm-hmm. then it was, well, he's also dealing with this calf thing. So that's a thing. And look, Joel Embiid, I love Perk. Perk and I are buddies. We have, we, we, I, he knows more about basketball than I will ever know. I just know Joel Embiid, I don't remember him ever ducking anything. Like Joel Embiid goes at everybody all the time. He wants every trash talk rivalry center matchup there is. And in the playoffs, even when he hasn't brought it up to his efficiency standards, it's never a question of him looking awed by the moment or gun shy or whatever term you want to use. He goes down swinging all the time. I just find it hard to believe that Joel Embiid... And and he destroyed Jokic in Philadelphia. Destroyed. I just have a hard time believe Joel Embiid is sitting there like, you know what? Do I have the MVP cinched up so this is just a lose-lose for me? Uh, I'm now afraid of Jokic and Denver because the altitude and what I just have a hard time believe that he believing that there's any part of his soul that is like, well, I don't want to play this guy tonight. Well, all I know is I saw a missing person, a missing person flyer for him in that in that Denver crowd. They 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 were having fun for it, uh, fun with it in the Mile High City. I'll, I'll say this about Perk: the the beauty of Perk, he's gonna he's gonna say whatever's on his mind. And if you know you're either going to agree with him or you are going to just want to yell and scream about how wrong he is, but he's going to get a reaction from you. But but Harden also sat out, and Harden has now missed, I believe, four, three or four games in a row now with Achilles slash foot soreness yeah. or whatever they're terming it. The Sixers are now third in the East, three games behind Boston. For a hot second, it looked like yeah. they might overtake Boston. Mm-hmm. And get the two seed and home court in that series. I've even had a couple people. These people don't know anything. They work for other teams. They're just when the announcement came out last night that Embiid wasn't playing. There was a lot of hubbub around the NBA, and I had some guys on other teams text me. Do you think they're trying to get to the four seed? Like, is this strategic on their part? And I'm thinking, what is this? What is the strategy behind that? Because you'd have on paper at least a harder first-round series. I know Boston has had their number, and they've matched up pretty well with Milwaukee. That feels like overthinking it to the point of being like wildly unlikely, and so I just dismiss it out of hand. They also still I, I, would, never, I would never think that Daryl Morey would overthink something. Are you kidding well, me? They're also two games up on Cleveland still and have the tiebreak, so they're effectively three games up on Cleveland. Like It's not easy for them to get to the four seed, even if they want to. I'll tell you what, I I think the Mavericks highly recommend that strategy. I think the Mavericks say, oh, what? Yeah, no, you should sit and beat and harden. And PJ Tucker's (laughs) old. He needs some rest. Sit them all on Wednesday. Hey, man, it didn't work work out for him when the Hornets didn't have anybody. Um, And (laughs) they've got a long 
They've got a long list of those type boy. We can go on through the list. They've lost to the Nuggets without uh, Joker and Murray and Gordon. Lost uh, the Mavericks fans. I don't need to repeat that. In they, any they case, there's a long list. I find that theory preposterous. And but either way, no matter where Philly ends up now, it's almost a certainty that they will have to go road road against mm-hmm. Boston and Milwaukee to get out of the East. They're capable of it. They are yeah. absolutely in, in the inner circle of title contenders. If you told me right now they're the third best team in the NBA or the fourth best team or the second best team, even I wouldn't really yeah. I wouldn't really quibble. Like I've been saying all year, they have everything they need to win the title. But that's a thing now that we have to look at, particularly with Harden. Um, what did you think of LeBron's return the other day in a resounding loss to the Bulls? He had 19 points, um, came off the bench for the second time in his career. Uh, the Lakers' uh, remaining schedule, they are now embarking on a five-game road trip starting tomorrow in Chicago. At Chicago, that's probably a 50-50 game. The Bulls are 10-6 and six in their last 16, I think. Pat Bev will be there, baby. Pat Bev will be there. <sighs> Hitting LeBron with the too small. You got to respect Pat Bev in this sense. He will go so over the top. Like, some people will talk a big game. And then the game will happen and they'll like do the too small on Austin Reeves or, or, or he'll, he'll do the too small on Boban or something like dude that the second this man signed in Chicago, he looked at the schedule and said, I'm going to ruin the Lakers season on these two dates. Like he has been talking about this before his damn plane landed in Chicago. And then he wakes up that morning Posts a Charmin ad on his social media. By the way, has anybody photoshopped Adam Silver into that Charmin ad after? Well, anyways, um, posts a Charmin ad on social media and then goes out and two smalls LeBron when he hits the dagger. Are Wait, you kidding me? This is peak Pat Bev. Explain the Adam Silver Charmin joke because I don't get it. I'm probably being so, I didn't even see the I'm so out of social media that I didn't even see that Pat Bev did this. Charmin, oh. I, of course, just think of Kobe. And the Kobe rant is yeah. he's walking off the floor in practice with Jeremy Lin in the background. He's Charmin. I'm Charmin. Just, I just, I, you know, Adam Silver, while I always do say, I think he's got immense potential as a CEO. I, I would say he's got a reputation for being a little bit soft. And uh, Luca's 16th technical foul being rescinded two days after, or a few days after the old non T $35,000 money sign would, would tend to add to that. Mr. Silver's reputation is perhaps not being the harshest disciplinarian in the history of NBA commissioners. That's all. He, he is um, for f- objectively not the harshest disciplinarian in the history of NBA commissioners. In fact, he is objectively not the harshest disciplinarian among the last two NBA commissioners. He, he is not stern in any sense of the word. Anyway, um, at Chicago, <laughs> at Minnesota, that's probably a 45-55 proposition for the Lakers. At Houston, that better be a W. At Utah... Oh. That better be a W. Hey, hey, AD better play this time they go to Houston. I'll say that. At Clippers, quote-unquote, at Clippers on the ESPN family of networks versus the Suns versus Utah. Not an easy schedule for the Lakers. The first five on the road. Uh, How did you think LeBron looked in game one? You know what? Physically, I thought he looked really good. Um, Obviously, probably a little bit of rust. The fact, you know, his five turnovers, how much of that is, is getting back in a rhythm. Um, but he looks athletic, explosive, like the physical freak that he is. That's good news. Uh, 
you know, him coming off the bench. I don't know how much of that was, uh, you know, just wanting to manage men. I don't know. You know, I don't know what, what exactly that was all about. Perhaps it's because the Lakers are now Austin Reeves team. Um, but no, I thought LeBron looked LeBron-esque. I would put the emphasis on the esque. He was rustier in my eyes than I than I expected, um, ex- physically and 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 strength and spinning to the rim and all that. He had that in his game, and he's going to be LeBron. He had 19 points. He got to the line yeah. eight times. Um, I was struck by um, the 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 relative for him lack of possessions where he just commandeered the game and was like, I'm going to run the offense. And I looked up the numbers afterwards. He ran seven pick and rolls in the entire game. That's the fewest of any game this season. Now, part of that is coming off the bench, separated him from AD somewhat, and their pick and roll partners. Uh, And he had his third fewest dribbles in any game this season, if you care about such things. And there was some possession at the end of the game uh, where Chicago tried to put him in a pick and roll, and the Lakers pre-switched him out of it. No, Which I, is, I, I, I did think he – I thought he was bad defensively down the stretch for sure. Levine hit a clutch three. LeBron didn't even get a hand up on for I don't know why. And then, you know, the the, the Pat – like, dude, Pat Bev can't be taking LeBron off the dribble and finishing in the lane and too small on him. Come on, man. The, the pre-switching LeBron out of a pick and roll is not like an unprecedented thing mm-hmm. for a superstar with a big offensive responsibility – but it's not something you would typically see from him late in a game. It's typically you'd see it from like a, a big behemoth center right? that a team is trying to get. Um, or a Luka. <laughs> or, or a Luka. They are 37-38. and 38, um, Pretty good chance of making the play-in. And they don't have the tiebreaker on the Mavericks, whereas the they Thunder do, not. do. Now, I think in a three-way, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that those three teams are tied, I think, Think the Lakers end up third in that? I'm, I I might be mis. I shouldn't speak on that. I might be mistaken on that. I plead the fifth on that. I don't know. Three team tiebreakers are a bridge too far for me to consider until <laughs> they take until they take place. Uh, and when they take place, I will consider them. The Lakers do not have the tiebreaker over the Mavericks, the Jazz, which shouldn't be relevant. They do have it over the Thunder um, and the Pelicans, who are right above them in the standings. Those things could matter a lot. Um, I, I'm guessing their starting lineup will be Russell, Reeves, LeBron, <clears throat> Davis, Vanderbilt. That lineup has played seven possessions together the entire season. Obviously, D'Lo just arrived and is now injured, and Vanderbilt just arrived. Mm-hmm. They got to figure out. You know, there's some spacing hiccups with Vando and AD, but they have the they have the ingredients to to go quote unquote smaller with like LeBron as the only power forward on the floor and AD at center. They just kind of got to get their team together, and I think when they get their team together. They're a dangerous team. Um, they need to clean up their transition defense, but you know, I, I just need to see their team together before we start talking about how they're going to make noise in the playoffs. As I, I, I do think they could win a playoff series, but winning one and winning three are very different things. And this you team think, is just, hold on. You you think they can beat the Nuggets in a playoff series? It depends who they draw. I don't. I would pick the Nuggets pretty pretty adamantly in that series. So you, but so you think they can beat the Grizzlies in a playoff series? I don't I don't think these things are like as unlikely as they would be for a normal one eight two seven series, but I will pick both the other teams over the Lakers. Okay. But if they have LeBron and A D healthy and they have shooting around them, they're not gonna be fun to deal with. Grizzlies um, but, Lakers would be delightful. You gotta keep Shannon Sharp out of the arena. 
Okay, there there are like maybe a number of people that you have to keep out of well, the arena for that game. <laughs> I, I well, I think there's uh the fact that folks are sipping on Powerade now courtside can probably help matters as well. Um, I. I, I don't the Lakers just haven't shown you enough even at I mean yeah. they haven't had this team really so it's hard to say that but they just haven't shown you enough consistency but I, I I'm waiting to see it at least um but that's that's I just thought LeBron was a little rustier than I expect but that's partly because of the just he's a god so you just don't expect well, him to be rusty also four doctors recommended that he have his foot amputated and then you know he found one who Come on. Good play. What? Come on. What? That oh that's not what that's not what happened. It was something I don't know, it was something like that. Amputated. And the LeBron of feet. I might be exaggerating a little bit, but there's a lot of jokes I wanted to make about the LeBron of feet, but I don't think I there, can. There, 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 yeah, there's one there was one I wanted to make, but you know, we 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 report on the NBA. We don't get into other sports. Yeah, I think you I think we're thinking along the same lines. I asked you to look at all NBA. Um, did you look at all Woo. NBA at all? I, I, I looked and again, I don't have a ballot, so you can whine and complain, but just understand that <laughs> you can influence my thinking, but my thinking is completely irrelevant. This is tough. The guards are brute. Honestly, I thought that the guards were tough. I didn't think that the rest was that difficult i thought the guards were tough extremely tough oh the guard it's all it's all difficult and and part of the reason it's difficult is because of games missed across the board like yeah well um, i thought i thought centers were easy and the the difficult thing there is who's first who's second it's the same as your mvp vote right yeah so whatever but you Embiid, Jokic, Jokic, Embiid, first, second, fine, and Sabonis is third team, and then I don't see anybody else who has an argument. I don't. I care haven't about done. I haven't done the third team center thing yet. I I have Sabonis penciled in, but I just I want to give Bam a look. I want to give okay. Bam a look. Just a yeah, look. Anthony Davis is the other, but he had one hadn't played enough. Two hadn't been as good. Sabonis has been awesome. Well, AD. At, at least we can agree he's a center now. There's, I, I bet he's yeah. going to be listed at forward slash center, knowing the league. You right. got to put him at center if you're going to be realistic. He's played almost 100 percent of his minutes, if not actually 100 percent, at center. Here's the thing with the guards. I mentioned all the guards with all NBA pedigrees that are going to play between, let's say, 50 and 57 games, which yes. is right in that nether world of like, unless you're. I do think you get a sort of like, we all know this guy's amazing benefit if you're one of the right. top eight players in the league. So that would apply to one or two of these guys. Uh, Lillard, 58 <clears throat> games, he's done. His team mm -hmm. stinks. Not with him on the floor. Positive scoring margin with him on the floor. Right. Hard to leave him off all three NBA teams, but it's in play. Right. Despite and, and averaging 32 points a game. I was going to say, my God, that's hard. <laughs> Morant, who brought some drama onto his team this year. And if we're going to criticize other guards like Kyrie Irving for bringing drama onto their team in many different ways, different different mm -hmm. ways than John Morant did, I think, I think the same has to apply to him. He's going to finish in that range. Harden, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I think his suspension should be held against him more than an injury absence of equal time. I think that's The fair. suspension was completely his fault. So that, is, to, to me, should be held against him more than 
a guy who missed nine games because he uh, sprained his ankle. On the flip side, the team has rallied around him, won without him, and yes. is now blowing the doors off people with him again. Mm-hmm. Absent and he's that suspension, awfully good. Absent that suspension, he's clearly an All NBA player. I agree. James Harden's at fifty three games, leads the league in assists. He's part of the most unstoppable two man game in the entire league. I'm going through my missed games list. Steph Curry, I think, is at fifty games right now, and yeah. he's he's Steph Curry. Yeah, fifty, forty two, fifty nine on twos. 50% overall, 42 on threes, 59 on twos, 29, six and six. And I do think there's a he's Steph Curry bonus. Going to keep that guy off the All-NBA team? So that's Morant, Curry, Harden, and Devin Booker. I mean, Devin Booker, 28, five and five on 50% overall, 37% from three, 56% from the floor. They're plus four when he played per 100 possessions when he plays without Chris Paul. The roster has been a mess. He's only at 48 games. Again, he'll get to 55, I think, which is right there. Yeah. I don't know what to do with any of those guys. And then below them on the sort of quality of play, like these guys are not as good but have, are going to end up playing 10 to 12 to 15 more games. Uh, just a bunch of names. Jalen Brunson, Drew Holiday, De'Aaron Fox. Um, uh-uh. those would be- no, Darren Fox has to. I'm sorry, Darren Fox has to, has to, has to. All right, so that- I've, got, I've got four guards who are locks. Let's and let's Darren hear Fox is let's one hear of them. So listen, four locks because I, I only I only have three. So I'm interested in your four. Okay, Luca, I still have as a lock, despite I, you know as critical as I've been of him, and we talked about that earlier. Like, come on. He, I, I think he's still going to be on a lot of MVP ballots. I don't think he's an MVP candidate, uh, but I think he's going to be fourth or fifth on a lot of ballots. Shea Gilgis Alexander's absolutely an All NBA player. Let me let me say this about SGA. I, I was with the Thunder, uh, hanging out with some Thunder people last week in LA, and they were asking, you know, "Is he going to make an All NBA team?" So I I think he might make first team All NBA. I've and got him I, first team. And, and then I did a lot of research over the weekend. I think he's got a pretty ironclad case to be first team Hall NBA. Yeah. Pretty, I'm not committing to it, but it's pretty damn close. So I've got Luke and Shea as first team. Donovan Mitchell and Darren Fox, I've got as as my second team. I think I, I I think those four guys have to be All NBA. So Mitchell is my third lock because I think he's the best combination of durability and production that is left on the board. So I think mm-hmm. he's got to be on second team All NBA by definition. After that, my ballot. At almost every position other than center is a complete mess. I don't know what to do with the forwards. Um, yeah. I don't know what position to list Paul George at, or even if he if if he should be on an All NBA team. Um, I, I mean the forwards. I, Kawhi, who, he's he's going to get to fifty. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to know who, which guards you've left out. That's no, I I, I haven't left anybody out. I I, I haven't committed. To, I have three locks, and then I have this list of. All the guys we've named basically for for three spots, and Fox is among those guys. So, so real quick though, I, I you I think mentioned... you, you're cool. You're putting Fox over Steph Curry and James Harden, and because and of Ja Morant and yeah, all these yes. other guys. Well, and here's my thing. Back to the jaw suspension thing. Hey, Darren Fox is hitting game winners when you were suspended. the clutch. The clutch shooting I mean, does come, give come you on, a, a lot of extra like, points. Like Darren Fox is showing up. 
the the Kings have been the most pleasant surprise in the league this season. Like the guy's putting up numbers. He's he's been by far the Cajones Factor Player of the Year, aka the Jerry West Award. Um, Twenty five, six assists, four rebounds, fifty two percent shooting, thirty four percent on three. You don't love, but fine. Fifty eight percent on twos plus the clutch the clutch shooting. He's lapping the field, and they're almost up to even now when he plays without Sabonis, which were the minutes that were, if there were a little, if there were a little weak spot in his case, that was it for a while. And it's not quite as much anymore. So Anthony it, Edwards, did you even mention Anthony Edwards? All he does is play every game basically. Yeah. So here's where I, I struggle. DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. I mean, it's just like Trey young, yeah. Trey young. People are going to laugh at the mention and I don't think I'm going to put him on. You you have to give a look to someone who's averaging twenty seven and ten, and their offense falls off a cliff when he sits. You have to at least give him a look. You do a look. You have to glance his way and give him a little look. So, do, how much do you hold against Damian Lillard, who's averaging freaking thirty two points per game? That the reason his games played is going to be so limited is because they're tanking down the stretch of the season. It's it's hard it's hard to know and you and I don't know if I said the words Jalen Brown if I didn't I'm sorry he's going to ah, be listed look, as guard and forward both we are putting we are putting him as a forward because he needs to be all NBA and why does he need like, to be all NBA convince me that he quote unquote needs to be all NBA because he's had a hell of a season for the 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 team that's going to probably end up with the second best record in in the league. Because he's, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but you know he's a seven points, seven rebounds, three assists, forty nine percent shooting, thirty four percent on threes, fifty eight percent on twos, and is a hell of a defender. He's he's a he's a dominant two way player for a team that has the second best record in the league. And because they're damn sure's not six forwards in the NBA that have had better seasons than him, like we can throw him into the argument for third team guard, uh, but I've got him as a second team forward, so. Um, but you got him as honestly, a second team forward. Yes. Who are your second team forwards? Him and Jimmy. Yeah. So I think Jimmy Butler is second team forward, assuming he's eligible at forward and guard, and he should be. Yeah. Bon Timps talked me into that one, which I always hate to he's, like. His numbers hate. are outrageous. Well, and the analytics, like if you get geeky and you look like wind share and crap like that, he's <laughs> what. I just like the <laughs> crap like that. Yeah. But it's true. It's true. Like his, you know, like impact analytic numbers are well, you ask, like top you five ask, in the league type of territory. You ask around. So I just read Jalen's Brown's numbers, 27, 7, and 3. Jimmy is 22, 5, and 6 or 22, 5, and 5, something like that. But advanced numbers, they're just not even close. Yeah. Jimmy just destroys Jalen Brown. And you ask around, okay, what are those things capturing? You ask around to people who know what's under the hood. Like, I don't yeah. understand how one, with those raw stats, how one guy can look like a top five player and another guy can look like the 45th best player in the NBA based on the advanced stats. You ask around, you say, okay, so here they're capturing, Jimmy's just a way better defender, particularly off the ball. Um, the playmaking limitations in Jalen's game, three is his assist to turnovers kind of uh, ratio is kind of even. I, I guess the, the, in rebounding free throws, I, I just don't see enough there, even when it's explained to me to to understand why right. advanced stats paid Jalen Brown 
one way and Jimmy Butler is so extreme the other way. But I, I also just think J- Jimmy Butler is a he's I think he is better than Jalen Brown and he's a winner and I would put him second team All NBA too. I will say, uh, as far as being a winner, Jalen Brown was a the second best player on the team that went to Game Seven of these Finals. I be, was that his rookie year or his second year, whatever it was, went to the Finals last year. Jalen Brown's also a winner. Yeah, um, and you but, look at the you look at the forward field, and it's like Kawhi's going to get to fifty, LeBron's going to get to fifty, Durant's going to be stuck at wherever he is, forty two. Maybe he'll get so to obviously, it, like I don't know what to do with those guys. They're, Kawhi's been a top six or seven player in the league. For the last 35 games and LeBron is LeBron he's averaging 30 a game I know first, first team is easy Giannis Tatum second team Brown Butler I I honestly I didn't I didn't even put Kawhi on the list I guess I should have checked his games played um guard for me is a lot more difficult my third team forwards I had Julius Randle who say what you want the guys put up numbers and he plays every night and then I had marketing who's averaging you know, he's basically like a 50-40 high 80s guy who's averaging in the, in, in the mid-20s. Um, this is kind of the decision you have to make is with all these – with it's hard to have one of LeBron and Kawhi and not have both. And if you have both yeah. – I mean, logically, it's kind of hard just, just based on – if you're going to do it based on games played. If you're going to reward one and not the other – it's it's a hard, there are ways to do it it's just logically a little difficult if you exclude both it's just you submit an all nba ballot without the name lebron james on it which i don't think i've ever done no matter how many games he's missed maybe the first year in la um, yeah. i can't remember and uh, and Lowry Markinen and Julius Randle i think you have the right names if you're going to go that route i think those are the names paul george has an argument i think to some degree but it just feels a little funny doesn't it yeah, uh, it does. I, I again, I would lose more sleep over right now. Dame, Steph, Jaw, like it's ooh. brutal. There are so many guards. Like the Bulls guys, you don't even they don't even get serious consideration. You look at their numbers, like my God, Zach Levine is like I, 50, 40, 90 for three months. I've got I think nine guards on like also considered. None of them are Bulls. Um, Darius Garland barely gets a sniff. He's been like, I didn't, yeah, not a outstanding. Not him either. Yeah, yeah, outstanding. No. Drew Holiday, his numbers are never going to pop off. Nineteen seven. He's and on five. the list. Yeah, he's an amazing two way player, shooting the hell out of it this year. Yeah, probably, or at least arguably, the best defensive guard in the game, which matters. Um, with all due respect to reigning defense player of the year, Marcus Smart. This is what yeah, this is one of the harder all NBA years I can remember, just because the games missed make it a really weird, and there's just a lot of guys. Man, the guards is like I will say this: other, who else is on your also considered guards? Okay, so right now I had Dame and Steph as the as the third team guys, and penciled in, penciled in, pen, um, penciled into my mythical ballot. So about as uh, about as soft a third team selection as you could possibly have. Um, in order, other guards. Jaw, Harden, Booker, Halliburton, Brunson, Trey, Drew, Ant, and I had Kyrie because I kind of have to throw him in there since I cover the Mavericks on a regular basis. I don't want to hear anybody's crap. It's a good list. I have Kyrie on my list too. Like on my on my also considered list, yeah. which is which but you is know this, Kyrie this long. But Kyrie again, it's like it, it, when 
how why you missed games matters, right? And you know, he missed games because he got himself suspended. Um, I hold suspensions against guys much more than I hold injuries against guys. Um, and again, with Dame, the question is, well, why wouldn't you hold tanking against a guy? That means a his team wasn't, you know, he he didn't make enough impact to have his team even be relevant down the stretch of the season. And like tanking is a voluntary thing. So that <sighs> that's where I, I really I'm struggling with with Dane because like how like the guy was awesome. Like how, how, the dude put and then you run into a game these things up. like then you run into these things like how different is 58 games than 54? Like are we really is the right. four games going to be your dividing line? But you have to at, at the end of the day, these are just you have to break ties somehow. You have to break ties, and also like it's just like sometimes who do you think is better, this guy or that guy? Like it's just, but like Dame to keep Dame off at thirty two a game with that team having a even slightly positive scoring margin when he's on the floor and a career high in free throws, near his career high in assists, best off the dribble season of yeah. his career. Woo, that's a tough one to swallow. Thirty two is just I I, I that's tough, man. I I can't. 32 Luckily for Dame, he's already got he's already locked in the Supermax, so there's no financial implications, thank God. And by the way, we talked about Luca and Defcon One. He's going to be eligible for whatever every Supermax possible. The Mavericks at least have that quiver, air, no arrow in the quiver. I almost said quiver in the arrow, arrow in the quiver down the line for when it's necessary. He'll be he'll be eligible yeah. for the 35 percent max, Supermax, Super Duper Max, whatever Max, every Max. Max Weinberg, probably, Max, whatever Max probably will of. be the first guy to make a billion dollars in NBA salary. Oh my God, that look, is true. My dad always taught me growing up when the player salaries started spiking. He said, "Lil Zach, who do you think should get the money? The guys you like to watch play basketball, or the anonymous rich guys you don't exactly. even know who they are?" And and here's my deal: like, do you go to movies and whine about what those guys are making? Like, it's an entertainment business. The, the revenue's there. Like, whatever. I don't care what the players get paid. I damn sure don't care what the owner's revenues are. Little but Zach it's just sitting a simple at Shea, fact. Sitting at Shea Stadium watching Mookie Wilson up at the plate. Good old Shea Stadium. Um, all right, Tim McMahon. Hoop Collective. Three times a week, but you're only on twice usually. I say yeah, only. It's, it's a lot. It's, still, it's a big it's burden. Still, it's still the Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst. So they, they just let me pop on pretty often. Writing frequently on all of your pet teams, host of the YouTube sensation Howdy Partners, which I've learned today has a special guest. Do you want to see who it's say who it's going to be? Look at this ridiculousness! I'm having the, the sheriff, sheriff on the sheriff. They sent me this like life size thing of his freaking comic book. Well, can Walker you just tell Kessler. people who the sheriff is? Because I'm not sure a national NBA audience is 100 oh, percent sure who oh, that they, is. They will know. It's it's. Jazz rookie big man, Walker Kessler, the sheriff. Are we trying to make that happen? The sheriff, are they trying to make that happen? They are. I mean, they sit in the, you got a comic book in, in the mail, brother. I got the, like, I think, I think Derek Garduno, the jazz ace PR guy, I think he tried to have like a billboard installed in my backyard, but city zoning issues came into place. So he just sent me this, like, <laughs> this massive thing here. <laughs> I don't know what I think about the sheriff. I have to. I have to have a think on that one. All right, Tim McMahon, thank you, sir, for everything. It's great to see you. I'll see you down the line. I'm
Appreciate brother Mario's amigos.